0: Today's very special episode the Bill Simmons Podcast that we're going to come up with a name for this Russillo-Simmons collaboration. It's brought to you by ZipRecruiter on the Ringer Podcast Network. Um, working smart, using science and technology to enhance performance and longevity. Sounds like Tom Brady to me, Ryan. Sure does. Um, ZipRecruiter's technology and tools make hiring more efficient and effective. Smartest way to hire. So effective... of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site. In just one day, 80%, four to five chance. My listeners can try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, SoFi, hey, did you know you're being underpaid by your bank account? You know that? Now I do. That's why SoFi just launched SoFi Money. It's like checking and savings morphed into one single account. You'll earn way more interest on your money. You'll pay zero fees. Open a SoFi Money account. Learn how you can get your money right at SoFi.com slash Simmons, dot com slash Simmons. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, the world's greatest website where we are celebrating March Madness. Uh, we're mourning the retirement of Rob Gronkowski. We have 1999 Movies Week, probably the last great movies year ever, which uh, we've done a couple rewatchables from that. We have a ton more rewatchables coming. We have an announcement on that uh, a little bit later this month. Are you guys going to do Mo Better Blues? I don't think that was ninety nine. Nineteen
1: ninety.
0: No if the, you get that's to it. Not part of the gimmick. Oh. Uh <laughs> 1999 movie movie week, whole bunch of features about that. You can also listen to the big picture with Sean Fantasy, where they'll be talking about stuff. The rewatchables this week, pretty woman. Ooh. It's great. This is one of the most fun ones we we've done. And uh one of the best major- hooker movies ever. That's what we decided. It was one of like the best seven hooker movies of all time. Uh, me, Julianne Lippman, and Amanda Dobbins. And that is coming up. And then Chase Serrano and I are doing Fast Five. I put on my Instagram, I was preparing for the Fast Five pod. There's a scene with Vin Diesel where he turns. What is preparing? Preparing <laughs> means watching the movie again, taking notes, getting the categories ready. Vin Diesel turns. He's looking away and he turns to the character seven times in two minutes. It's really when he when he elevated a level as an actor and a performer, I feel like. So yeah, check out my Instagram story for that. Coming up, Ryan Russillo and I are going to talk about all things basketball. And we are going to name this podcast finally. Here's why. I'm so tired of getting emails from people with names first. You're tired of names. it? I
1: thought we loved this. I thought this I, was I'm the I'm tired routine. of it. Three okay. weeks,
0: I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> we have some good ones this week. Uh, all that's coming up first. Pro Jam. Brian is here. Nephew is here. His heart's with One Shining Podcast. but And Rob Gronkowski. Let's talk Gronk for three minutes because I'm not sure he's actually retired. I think he's retired right now. It also wouldn't be surprising if he came back on like November 10th for eight weeks. I don't think it can be ruled out. Um, what an amazing career though. Nine years. It feels like he's been around for 17, but think how short nine years is. Like Paul Pierce had played for the Celtics for nine years before he even won the NBA title.
1: Yeah, that's, um. I just, I love his career. I love the whole thing. I love everything about it. And realizing when they got him, because he had a bad back situation in Arizona. All right? He traps around. And and he shows up and you're like, oh my God, like this is going to be unbelievable. Yeah. This guy should have been a top 10 pick. Quick story. And I think I'm okay telling this. I don't think anybody's going to care, but. Mike Stoops, who was the head coach at Arizona at the time, he was a huge, huge fan of me. Oh, yeah, Coach Stoops. So shout great. out to him. Um, so he told me the story off the air because I was like, what, you know, having Gronk there, like, did you really? He goes, dude, it was nuts. Like, I knew what he was, but, you know, he had problems staying healthy. He's like, so Belichick called me before the draft. I was like, hey, uh, hey Mike, Bill Belichick. I'm like, hey, coach, what's going on? He's like, all right, uh... What's the deal with this Gronk guy? Is this guy an asshole or what? <laughs> he's like, no. He's a big teddy bear. Yeah. He's unbelievable. He's like, you're going to love him. You're going to love having him around. All he cares about is winning. You know, he's he's absolutely everything you'd want in a guy. He's like, all right, cool. And that was it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was it. Because he was just trying to figure out, like... Is this guy one of those guys that's too much extra? You know, is it actually distracting? Is, is it not worth it and all those things? And he's like, no, he's like, he's he's awesome. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm bummed. I'm bummed he retired. tired. I mean, if he's happy, whatever. But uh, you just hate it. Twenty nine years old because you just see it this year right? You could see how different he was. It I love that guy.
0: he's getting out a year too early instead of two years too late, which seems to be how football goes a lot of the times. You could see it this year. At the same time, was able to dig deep a couple of times in those last few playoff games. Um, I think he's the third greatest Patriot of all time. I thought about this for the last 24 hours. I think Brady is number one. I think John Hanna is number two. And I think Grok is three. I think he's the best tight end ever. Um, I think There's some real pushback on that, and I can't tell if it's because of the hatred for New England. No, they, they, it's absurd to come up with another candidate, because the, the thing that separates him is the blocking.
1: His blocking has always been incredible. He was incredible, top which was three or four right.
0: offensive tight end ever, just from a pass catcher standpoint, but then... His, he he was the best blocker in the league at that position for the entire decade.
1: Right, and it was weird because you know he wasn't the same offensive weapon this year. But then it was almost like people were trying to say, "Oh, look, he's really focused on the blocking now." And you're like, "No, he's always been. Yeah, this he's always been amazing. Cleans at this.
0: guys out. My favorite Gronk play ever. I tweeted this this morning. I tweeted the clip because I found it on YouTube. And they lost the game. It was the Denver game that they lost by two in the two point conversion, the AFC title game. But it was fourth and ten. Right. He was really the only guy anyone would have said they're throwing to this guy is the season's on the line. There's a minute 30 left there right around midfield. You know, they're throwing it to him. It was like, it was like playing Madden where you just know the other guy's going to throw to video game Gronk. And you're just like, all right, I'm going to play nickel. I'm I'm just going to spot him coming out. I know he's going to run a straight line, but he might catch this anyway. And that's exactly what happened. He just runs a straight line. Brady throws a perfect. He's got two guys on him, makes this crazy catch. And uh, he's running under it too. It's just, he he's just, and in that moment, I think you would have wanted him over anybody else. Um, and he was also like just an awesome teammate. Um, even when he got a little wonky a couple of times, I don't feel like there was never any maliciousness to it. There was never people going, oh man, I, Brock's being weird. Like he's just, everybody just was all in on him all the time. Which yeah, is hard in football. It's it's really hard. And, and I know,
1: you know, there's probably some people listening to this right now and be like, oh, you know, Gronk gets treated this way and others get treated differently. And, you know, a lot of that stuff came up in conversations on shows when I was back in Bristol all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lebetard Like, why is he a character?
0: But if he was a black guy, yeah, he basically, would, he was yeah. like, well, that stuff. I'm yeah.
1: convinced that there's nothing more in the world that Levitard wanted than for Gronk to be black. <laughs> i think it's if you could grant levitard one wish he would just be like make gronk black to see if eliminate could, cancer right.
0: or make gronk black he's he like, would, yeah, he'd be like i'll get this. to cancer
1: next time if i get more <laughs> so but he does like you know there 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 are times where dan will say something and i'll be like oh wow you know maybe i hadn't really thought of it that way so I, I appreciate that but with the gronk thing i i really think it's pretty simple it's expectations he never pretended he was anything other than just a big goof yeah and when you're the tight end and you win like you don't have to you're not held to the same standard you know if you're a quarterback doing that and you won I don't know I mean I think you'd still get beat up a little bit so I just think he's always been the same guy the whole way through agree the fact that he has a clan it's not a family I mean it's unbelievable like if those guys are around and like Braveheart like that'd be the clan you'd want to join.
0: It is a true posse in every sense. They'd have
1: the most wheat. Yeah. They'd have the best canoes, <laughs> you know, and you would just be like, if they declared war
0: on your village, you'd just be like, fuck here. Here's our flags. Five Super Bowls in nine years, one, three Hail Mary against the Giants, which was on the side of the end zone that I was sitting on the second time they lost the Giants. Were you and both of those games? I was. That, that was <laughs> the last time I've been to a Patriots Super Bowl. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I, I, I won't go anymore. It's because you can't get out. So it's like being trapped in, the, in your own car accident. It's like being trapped in your car after it's flipped over a hundred times, just waiting to be uh, the jaws of life to come. You can't leave and it's the worst and fans of the other team. And it's just like, just get me out of here. So yeah, but he almost caught... He's playing on one leg in that Super Bowl. They have right. Gronk on one leg. They have Ocho Cinco, uh, who doesn't even need to be covered as one of the two receivers, and they still almost win. And that hail mary goes, it's in the air, and Gronk on one leg trying to get it, and he really did almost get it. And then, uh, they, then he was also involved in the Eagles' hail mary too, I think, uh, which wasn't wasn't as close, but um, awesome athlete. I I was thinking about it, like. Just trying to think about when when you have athletes pass through your life, almost like the approval rating, like with like how like a presidential candidate or yeah, a president yeah. has an approval rating, and it'll be like 42%, 48%. And then you have some athletes go through your life and you'd be like Paul Pierce, you'd be like, ah, I fucking love Paul Pierce. Oh eh, three, oh four is kind of a pain in the ass, right? Oh five, pay, There's things you point to. Ah, I wish he had been in better shape. Um Gronk, really, I, I, I wouldn't have changed really anything about the experience. It was a great nine years. Couple, couple bad luck injuries. Uh, I just really enjoyed rooting for him. I liked having him in my life. You know how like different
1: players in in different sports. Like there's times where it looks like LeBron should have. There should be another league above the NBA. Yeah. Um, Pedro at times, I'd be like, he he needs to have there needs to be something better than major league baseball. Like watching he,
0: Zion sometimes this year in college. Totally. You're like, oh Jesus.
1: Right. Gronk had moments or stretches through his career where you just went, like, it doesn't seem fair.
0: Yeah. Right? It's, but, he seemed like the little league, the 12 year old in Little League, like right. it's like that guy's 6'3. Why is he in the Little League World Series? He drove here. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that the, the Probably the worst thing that happened to him was when they changed the uh, the headhunting rules, although that would have also been bad for him, and guys just were going for his legs left and right, and when TJ Ward finally took him out and blew out his knee, like that was inevitable because that had been happening over and over again where he's turning to catch the ball and guys are just diving at his legs full speed. And it was go- always going to end badly, and it finally did. But he had some bad injuries. He What, did he break his arm twice? He has a plate in his arm. Well, remember that thing? Two bit major knee injuries. Well, the arm thing was ridiculous. Because it kept infection. going on
1: and on yeah. and on. They're like, oh, no, it's good. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I forget how many different times they went in
0: on his arm. Was it four times or something yeah, ridiculous? So well, quite a career. Quite a nine years. Uh, I wouldn't take back a thing. I'll miss the guy. And I think we'll see him again on, like, November 10th. You think he's coming back? You're putting that out there right now? I think it's 50-50. The fact I, I don't, that
1: this, it's this removed from the Super Bowl tells me it's real. Like, if it was the week after, i go, oh, you know. Well, we thought it was like, going to happen right after, right. remember? Yeah, but, I mean, you talk to any NFL guy, like, the week after the season, they all want to retire. Yeah. Like, this, I'm over it. And then, you know. So, I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, he was awesome.
0: They have 12 draft picks, and... At least two of those. He'll do the two tight end draft, probably right. Although now they did receiver too. All right, we've talked enough
1: uh, football. I liked how you said we were only going to do three minutes on Grant. That how many? Like, we do no- six.
0: Yeah, just under ten.
1: Ah, oh, fuck. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, America. Um, as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, right. Us three minutes.
0: March Madness. Quick.
1: Sure. It's been brutal. Saturday was the worst.
0: The Duke game saved it from a 24-hour stretch of people wondering if college basketball was dead, how do we fix it? The Duke game was really fun, really dramatic, one of the better round two games I think we've had. I loved it, and it reminded me why I love March Madness. But the getting there was a slog. Right, because Saturday night,
1: I'm like, okay, other than LSU this morning, like this whole day sucked. And, you know, Kansas is down 30. And you go, okay. How many teams are down
0: 25, 30? At least like I, four it, or five, it felt right? felt like
1: everybody on Saturday. Jesus. And then, you know, we knew the Big East wasn't any good, but then Villanova to get trounced like that, you're like, okay, well, I guess I don't have to. Like I just had, it, it turned to this thing on Saturday where I was like, the games were on. And then I realized like, I've just stared at this for five minutes and nothing's happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I checked out the Atlanta Philly game, which was awesome. Um, because I was getting annoyed with college hoops. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, that's the Duke thing. Like it's such a Duke way to win to miss your own free throw game winner. Well,
0: Zion misses the three. Right. And it and if uh if they get the rebound, it's over. Bounces <laughs> back out. Duke gets the ball back. Zion has, I thought, a phenomenal, phenomenal big time play that where he gets the three point play, ends up missing the free throw, but That was awesome. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's that was great. That's what I wanted from him in that spot where everybody you could see everybody else was kind of scared at that point. And Zion's like, "Okay, I got this. Zion is the most and I I tweeted this up, but like he's the most well liked
1: Duke player of all time by non Duke fans. I was rooting for them in that game. I I couldn't believe it. I've never I mean, I used to always and look, this is a lot of New England. This is me being a Big East guy back in the day. And, you know, I just hated Duke. I hated him. I hated him. I I created ways to hate him. I used to get so mad about him all the time. Yeah. And then, you know, you do the job and you start meeting some of the guys and you like some of them. And then, you know, you can't do anything except have just a ridiculous amount of respect for Coach K. So this is weird. Like, I've kind of wanted them to win games. Just because I only wanted them to win.
0: Yeah, normally I would have been all in on Central Florida like totally. to the nines. Right, like Lehigh. I remember yeah. being like,
1: yes. Right. Like the biggest Lehigh fan. I remember working out in West Hartford and I was like,
0: stopped everything. And I don't normally do that. Usually I'm a lot more focused. Um, I wonder if college basketball during the age of social media, it's in a weird place because the guy in Wolford who just, just couldn't make a shot. And then people are mad about that the way we would be mad with professional athletes. And these guys are like college kids, you know, it's going to happen like Murray state, those guys, they just played badly. It's a big stage. You're on CBS. Everybody's going nuts about John Morant. And then Florida state comes out and hits a million shots in the first half. Murray state can't be. And all of a sudden that game's 25. It's over. You know, the way momentum goes in college hoops is pretty tough. And then when you see people going nuts about it, it's like, all right, settle down. Think about this. How many times have we seen late game
1: situations where everybody seems like they've forgotten what you're supposed to do all the time, right? It's the kids, the coaches sometimes, sometimes the coaches and like the the worst, the lesser of the two teams, depending on seeding. It's like, wait a minute, you guys have a four point
0: lead here with three minutes to go. Like, keep playing basketball. Dude, that here. Rick Barnes yeah. thing yesterday was, was, I mean, he's always been, I've always been making fun of him when I used to watch college basketball at the time. He was always a train wreck. That was really special yesterday. Well, what were they I, up 27? 25?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm like, I just, I watch all these situations and I go, okay, wait a minute. If it happens to all of these great coaches and all of these kids, then it really is the best evidence of how big the moment is that it screws you up. And if it happens every year and it happens like every, like next weekend, we're going to have a really stupid late game situation where all of us are going to be home watching going, yeah. what are you doing? Like, yeah. how do you not figure this out? So I think a lot of that has to do with just, we forget how hard that is, how how much
0: pressure you're under in those spots, yeah, especially now? You have the teams that make the Sweet Sixteen. They go back to campus, and it's just a two-day, you know, love fest for those guys. Right now, there's they're hearing from everybody they've ever met in their life is texting them, DMing them, hitting them up, and now they're going to this Sweet Sixteen, and that's another level of pressure because it's like, oh man, man, and then what if we make the Final Four, and then all of a sudden. You're down 10. Everybody's looking at each other. Um, John Morant, it was funny, the announcers in that game, because they wanted it so bad. And they're like, another three. Meanwhile, they're like down nine, <laughs> four minutes. <in. laughs> Florida State's making everything. Right, Florida uh, State. But they want, CBS wanted that so badly. And then with Duke at the end, Normally you'd want the upset, but there's no way they didn't want Zion to at least make the final four. They, that I mean, that was a ratings catastrophe if he gets knocked out. Who is like the signature guy in the tournament if Duke gets knocked out? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, mm.
1: North Carolina's got a bunch of
0: guys. Now I you're really just like. looking at coaches. Yeah, the North Carolina, the point guard who where is he supposed to go in the draft? Kobe White. Uh, yeah, he's, I think. It's it seems like it's right outside of the
1: lottery, but that guy's a gamer. But I could see that changing. You know, he could yeah. be one of those guys where you go, he's been. Um, I don't. I don't know offhand if this is true or not. I, I'd have to look it up. But I, I thought maybe he struggled a little bit. Maybe I shouldn't even be going down this road. But struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year and then really took off. I. Th- I mean, I thought he was so great in so many games. Like it's that's. I what them to NBA guy does he remind you of, past or present? Gabe Pruitt. Gabe Pruitt. <laughs> Come on. Uh no. no I just I just always try to think of random Celtics guys for you. Uh I I'm, I'm so bad at the comp thing. I just other, other than Doncic being hardened, and everybody yelling at me when I said that and it was all that's people. Pretty good. Yeah, people yelling at me that hadn't watched Doncic play. I'm like that's stupid. I'm like if you watch him. No. That was absurd last year. I will
0: say though, and we've talked about Trey Young a couple times. How about this? This is like a real thing now. I watched that Atlanta Philly game because I had it on one of the TVs. You you were tweeting about Herter. Yeah, I'm Kevin Herter guy. You you love him. Uh, Probably a Max. Trey Young has, I don't know whether it's just hanging out with Migos is giving him confidence or what's going on, but that dude's got some swagger already.
1: Yeah, like he, he had really, that though before. No, I mean, but, it,
0: but it was gone. Remember, Summer League kind of knocked it out of him and then early in the season, but now it's like really back. And Summer like, League was brutal. Summer League, it looked like he he was over his skis. Totally. But man, he took he took Jimmy Butler right off the dribble for that game winner, had Embiid coming at him and did this like kind of mid-2000s Nash little floater shot. That was a big time shot. I still hate that trade, but... Uh, but, man, at least he's good. At least Bagley's good. At least there's, like, no Darko Milicic, uh, Hashim Tabit type of regret. I can't believe that it's a real thing now, though. Like, when we did,
1: what, last week's pod or whatever we were doing. Right. And I went ahead and, you know, I, we didn't ended up not doing all the awards, right? But I yep. looked at Trey and then put him next to Doncic's stats. And I go, this thing's really close. It's really close. It just feels like, you know, if we're going to do this. Doncic from the beginning was was so
0: steady. His three point shooting tailed off. Doncic. really last two months. Yeah. He's like under thirty percent. Um, I think he had a bigger load in in terms of that team was initially trying to make the playoffs. He had a lot of attention early. Trae Young was the opposite. Atlanta, nobody, no expectations, and he was terrible early. And everybody kind of and then he was able to just get these reps right? Mm-hmm. For a team that didn't care what it was and just wanted them to play 38 minutes a game, run the offense, keep doing your thing. There's no bad shot. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And that worked. And that was, you know, we've seen rookies go into different situations where sometimes they're in that situation, you're just getting reps, which is great. Or there's like the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum situation where you're just on a good team. You're expected to figure out everything on the fly where you fit in. Which situation would you rather be in? Because I always thought it would be better to be in the Jalen Brown situation. But the more I look at it, I actually think it's better to be in that Trey Young Colin Sexton situation where it's like, we stink, do your thing, get some reps. It scares me a little
1: bit, right? Because you know, Trey was somebody at Oklahoma. They didn't have a lot of other scores. So when you watch it, you're like, man, you're like, you're not gonna be able to do some of this stuff. It's like some of these shots, like there's no way an NBA team is gonna take you seriously if you're taking these kinds of shots. And yet Trey still takes some of those, okay? But the overall numbers are really good, and he's been on this tear. But even in that Philly game, like, and I tweeted out, I'm sure you saw, like, he took a 30-footer early in the shot clock a couple possessions before he hit the game winner. And you go, what is the point of that? Um, You know, I I just don't think there really anybody other than Steph or Clay should be ever taking those kinds of shots. But the question
0: is, three years from now, are those going in 40% of the time? And if that's the case... Right. Maybe you there is something you, to the yeah, Steph thing. You can't you can't really get in his
1: case. But I, I was afraid. Like, it's a really good question because I remember thinking like, oh, is that mean because he's going to be on Atlanta? Look, Atlanta ended up being a lot better this year than we thought. I mean, Collins is terrific. Once
0: Collins came back, but, that became one of the most fun league pass teams. Absolutely. Them and Sacramento were my two favorite. Oh, these guys are on? All right. Yeah, right, right. So it was fun. So even though I go,
1: ah, you know, I didn't like the roster, we knew it was going to be a bad year for him. They're competitive, they're fun. So whatever like concerns I had of him just being able to do it all on his own and not having to answer to anybody, I do think it's it's gonna be a positive for his development. Where the beginning yeah. of the year I was worried about it. Um and I'm sure it's a hell of a lot more fun being him than being being Jalen Brown.
0: <laughs> let's uh let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the old way of watching sports is over. Stream over 100 fight nights a year featuring the biggest names in boxing and MMA without the pain of pay per view. Fighters like Canelo Alvarez, Triple G, Daniel Jacobs, Anthony Joshua, Michael Venom Page, Rory McDonald, and more. Plus, behind the scenes content leading up to fight night, a library of classic fights and original programming. Where is all of this? The zone. Everything is live and on demand and available on almost any device. Download the The zone app on your smart TVs, tablets, mobile. Gaming consoles, get access to the brand new MLB live whip around show, change up on every night of the week, Adnan Virk. He's back. He's coming on the podcast? No, he's on this whip around show. Oh. Yeah. Jump in and out of the best plays as they happen, get expert analysis from hosts to bring a fresh personality, new perspective to the game. I'm really excited to see how that goes. I've always kind of wanted a show like that, getting set up with... The zone is easy. Just download the, the zone app in the Apple or Android app store. Sign up by creating an account. Start watching across nearly any of your devices. That is D A Z N. Check it out. So, Trey Young by the month, November was 20% from three, 14 points a game. Um, it got a little better each month. February was his breakout month 23 and nine, 44% from three. Um, and in March he's at thirty seven percent, but he's basically since the all star break has basically been twenty five and eight, forty percent from three, which I would say if you told me that in June, this is what this guy's stats are gonna look like after the all star break and here's and your team's gonna have a chance to win thirty games, that would have been like a celebration, yeah, where this story <laughs> is
1: now versus where it was draft night when you're going, what are you guys doing? And but
0: what was weird was we all liked Trey Young. It was just like, you guys, why are you passing on Doncic? What are right. you guys doing? Right. And but so, then it became a thing like, oh, you hated Trey Young if you liked, if you thought right. they were dumb. But it's like, no, I can think both. I just think Doncic is James Harden, as you said. He's he's somebody who could be the best player in a championship team. I don't know if Trey Young can, but no, he's at least proven he can be one of the top three guys on a championship team. The fact that this isn't a raging F is a win. Yeah. And it's Agreed. not even close to
1: a raging F anymore. And that's what it felt like during Summer League, where we would have Sports Center rips of him for 30 seconds looking like he doesn't belong out there. In it was Summer League game.
0: Summer League was really alarming. And like it got so bad. I was starting, starting to kind of like root for him a little bit. Right. It felt bad. Good lesson, as always. Don't take anything away from summer league ever. It's the worst. It's the it's, it's like, why do we care?
1: It's like they're playing a different game. I, I mean, like the fact that he was so bad in those games, and then look, he had some good output games. I think there were some good stat number games that he had in summer league, but it was still a you know a lot of shots from what I remember. And I, look, I was out there. It's one of the best basketball experiences if you're into hoops. It's so much fun. Well, wait till Zion goes this year. Oh, my Lord. I wonder if he'll be sitting it out, though. Like LeBron, remember when LeBron did the summer league stuff in Boston and he just would decide certain games he wasn't going to play?
0: I didn't enjoy that. (laughs) I have some, uh, I want to talk about playoffs. I didn't didn't prep you for this ahead of time. Great. This is the annual, the annual are we sure we like the way we do the NBA playoffs conversation. Years ago, I did the entertaining as hell tournament, which I've now kind of backed off on because I really like the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 thing. Um, so if we had, basically if we guaranteed the top six seeds in each conference and then put the last two up for grabs in each conference and had seven versus 10, eight versus nine for those last two spots. First question, would you want single game or would you want best two out of three for that? Uh, what would you want to watch as a basketball fan? I, don't I feel need like a single below, game is good. Yeah, I don't need a below
1: 500 team getting, I don't know. But then again, do, do I want the 10th seed moving on? So here we go. In a single elimination, it's more well, likely you would. Well,
0: you'd reseed it after. But here here's how it would go this year. If it season ended today, we would have number seven Detroit against number 10 Charlotte. In Detroit, winner takes all. We would have number eight Miami against number nine Orlando. Miami home court, winner takes all. Utah home for Minnesota. And then this is the one that got me really excited San Antonio home for Sacramento. I just look at it this way Is it more fun if we had those four games? Yes. Do I really care who the seven or eight seeds are? Not really. So why not? And then could this allow the NBA to cut back on the regular season a little maybe go from 82 to 78? You have these four games and, you know, you televise them on ABC on a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night, double headers. You take the money from that. Maybe that replaces some of the lost uh, attendance.
1: I just wonder, though, I mean, do we really need some kind of system after 82 games and you're that many below 500 that you actually have a chance to be in the playoffs.
0: Well, none of these team, all these teams are either 500 or Minnesota's the only one that's not doing great. Now, but here's the other thing. So if you had like a ninth or 10th play in possibility, would the Lakers be try excuse me, would the Lakers be trying more right now? Like now, yeah, now, now you actually- have the shadow of LeBron. Oh, you don't want to see LeBron in a one game playoff. Uh-oh. Be more fun. It is. The, the answer is yes. It would be more fun. And
1: I think there's an unintended consequence there. Maybe it is intended that maybe you you find a, a better way to sue the tanking stuff. If you have four more teams uh, viable in this thing, or maybe then, six more teams. Because
0: then the Pelicans can't do the whole, eh, eh Davis, we'll, we'll just play him 25 minutes a game and we're kind of tanking, but not really. It's like. If you have a chance to get into one of those one-game playoff spots, you can't really throw away your season if you're in the mix. I don't think. I think that's irresponsible. To your fans, to everything. I'd want to watch my team in a one-game playoff. I just don't want more
1: playoff teams. I just don't. You're getting
0: the same. I know. Amount.
1: I know what you're saying, but it's it's we're locking like,
0: down six seeds in each thing, so there's some real value in being in. Right. The top I get six. that it's only
1: going to be eight teams when you're actually doing it again, but I, I don't know. Like win, win
0: 45 games. That's the new podcast is lukewarm with Ryan Rosillo and Bill Simmons. <laughs> Did you want me to be more excited about no, this? No, I just. So you're saying you, you love would,
1: fixing stuff. You, you're you saying you wouldn't watch those four games. Well, of course I would. So, so, there, we go. so we, there we, we go. We both. Went. Right, right. I already said that. And yes, it would be more fun. Yes, it'd be more fun. I think we should have. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Right. I haven't written anything yes. on it yet. We should have the number one seed be able to pick their opponent. And then all the way down, make it a TV show, get Sprite involved, a couple ads. I have been calling for that one forever. Oh, really? No,
0: no. Just did some did some I just variation steal that from it. you?
1: You did not. You did not. But don't you like it as we get older and you're like, I've thought of this thing and you're like, um, I wrote that three years well, ago? A,
0: I have 20 years of content. I had the all-star, two guys picking the all-star team thing. That's in my book. That was one of my how I'd fix the NBA, the, how I'd fix the NBA chapter. And, and, I, televising you know I, it. and I, I thought it was like this absurd idea that would never happen. And now it's actually happening. You know what I love about that too is what
1: a massive, it's a great example. It's not because of the entertainment part of it. It's an incredible disconnect on the two sides. All the players think we really care who's going last. And none of us care.
0: None of us. I've, I've
1: not once ever been like, I can't wait to see who's, I don't know anyone that said, I can't wait to see who goes last.
0: Bradley this, Beal went last. He's going to be third-team All-NBA this year. Right. It's He's this fine.
1: persecution complex thing of of today's, whether it's a public figure or an athlete. And it's like, oh, you guys just... we're like, no, we're all, we all love
0: basketball and yeah. we want to see how you would draft. But you know, can I get super philosophical here for a, quick, Please. For a second? Please. This ties into the whole youth sports culture we have now. Uh-oh. Yeah. What does Everybody that Everybody thinks their kids should be playing. The this whole concept... No, 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 no. It it's worse because the parents are more psycho than ever. Privates. Um, if my K, if I'm gonna do all this driving, if we're gonna make this commitment to the team, but you're coming off the bench, you know, that then maybe that's not worth our time. It's 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 all about what is this doing for me? Is this is this a perfect situation? Oh, it's not? Well, then then we should find another situation. There's a lot of that. And I think that ties into the last guy picked in the All Star. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be the last guy picked. It's like, guess what? You're still one of the 24 All Stars. It's great. Doesn't you? You, Giannis and LeBron. It's not like it was Red Arback and Phil Jackson picking the teams. Like, yeah, Giannis <laughs> picked four centers. It's not like there's any rhyme or reason to this. Um, I don't know. Uh
1: yeah. Look, I. You just talked about kids just now, and then driving around. This may not have anything to do with what you just said, but I go, maybe I won't have kids because I would hate to have to drive around LA and bring them to
0: practice. I, w- I would love nothing more than for you to become a youth sports parent about six years from now. And <laughs> all of your takes on the behavior on the sidelines, I think, you would, uh, I think you'd get a lot of material out of it. Oh, well, you know, we I, think, it- I think I would go out of my way
1: to never be one of those parents though. Like I would just determine, hey, I'm not going to be that way. I'm not going to
0: be nuts. My daughter was in a tournament a couple weeks ago and the game started late because two games earlier, there had been a bra between the parents on both sides that had to be separated. So our game started 20 minutes late. We had a, a little league. <laughs> Think when about I was... that. You're going to be a fight at your kid's soccer game. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me though. Like, dude, when I was,
1: I was seven or eight, we were on the Cougars and we were the yellow team and- there was this coach in the town that like really knew his stuff and he was a great baseball player in the past or something. And he, he like, we would have the dumbest arguments with the parents. The parents would go crazy on each other. And then like one coach was like, Hey, you don't have a first baseman's mitt on your first baseman. He's disqualified. And he'd be like, Oh, okay. Well, your catcher doesn't have the proper catcher's mitt. He's disqualified. And like, this was really happening. We're all eight. And we would sit around and watch the parents argue And I I swear to God, one time it was all the kids sitting in the field on their gloves waiting for the parents to stop screaming at each other. And I don't know if it went on for an hour, but it it wasn't like five minutes either. So seeing that and then seeing how crazy the parent thing is and having buddies that coach – you know, in high school and different stuff. And they're like, it's the worst because of the parents.
0: Well, the good thing is with the NBA, it doesn't, it stops with the parents when the, when the players finally get there. There's no stories at all about parents being completely irrational and horrible <laughs> and calling the GM and the owner all the time and calling the coach. Can you imagine? Oh, wait, I can think of like 12 stories right now. Of can you imagine
1: guys. being a parent of an NBA player and calling, you know, calling Thibodeau? Like, I really think you're using you know, Gorgie Jang
0: wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is Adrian Wiggins' dad. Uh. <laughs> I have some thoughts on how my son in the pick and roll.
1: You know, I really don't like how you cross match him defensively. He's like,
0: you know, I think a couple mix in a mix in a, a shooting guard every now and then. Well, we there's always every year there's a draft, and then the rookies come in the league, and then around November, December, stories start floating around about two of the guys in the lottery who are now on nba teams whose parents are a problem and and it, it, i always enjoy I mean, it every right, time. Right. yeah i mean i remember when i came home like, oh yeah his, his mom moved there it's, it's been bad
1: <laughs> there's so many stories that are crazy that you can't really say that i always wonder like how impactful is this is it just the way it's done like think all the stories that you know behind the scenes that we can't ever share with anybody and you just i go, wish i could share some of the parent stories but then again, it's like, does is it just part of the deal and it sucks or does it actually lead to you losing more games? You know well, what I mean? Because like some of, the, some of the stories of guys, they're really good teams and it works out and, and it doesn't seem to be a problem. So I, I can never figure out the value or the loss of value on having just a really shitty situation with a player and his family.
0: I would think the biggest problem to navigate, and I'm sure this isn't a new NBA problem, is the people in the player's life who they're interested in that person being the best player in the team. They don't want to hear about how this person fits in or it's all for the greater good, or you got to sacrifice some shit. Like they're just like, how does this person become a max player? The best player in the team, get endorsements, become super famous. That's their end game. So you look at, let's take Boston, for example, if, if I'm in Tatum's, friends and family circle and I'm watching this season and Tatum by every metric is, is been worse the last nine weeks than he was all last season, which makes no sense. He was, I think Saturday night, I think it was five for 16, no free throw attempts in the game. Uh, they, the Charlotte game that they blew, like he's really regressed. It's alarming. Um, and if I'm in his circle and I'm watching that, I'm panicking. Because I went from like, this is the guy who dunked on LeBron, who almost made the finals, who is this trade asset that Celtic fans are going, I wouldn't even trade him for Anthony Davis. And now nine months later, Jalen Brown is, is, has been better for two solid months. I, I don't think they could get Anthony Davis for a Jason Tatum as the centerpiece of the package right now, unless you threw in a bunch of other stuff. And he's not getting enough shots. And I don't feel like he's been as good as an offensive player. I don't I don't really know what his end game is if he's just gonna shoot twos. Yeah. We're, we're in p- a situation now where it's like if you're not shooting a lot of threes and you're not getting to the line, what are you as a basketball player in 2019 in the NBA? The fact that he doesn't get to the free throw line is the dumbest thing. He's like two and a half free throw attempts a game. He's six eighties. He should be able to get to the rim two times a quarter, right? Yeah, what's up with this ball handling? Do you think it's actually not as good as we thought it was? It's, it's been bad this year. He he needs like a he needs like a personal like a personal trainer. Like, can you get imagine 10 year olds.
1: though if we were hanging out during during the Eastern Conference Finals, going, hey, you know, probably next March, we'll have real questions about how good he's going to be, and he'll have regressed, and Jalen will be better than him. And you'd be like, what? They'd Be like, well, we won't have to schedule that podcast because that's not going to happen. And it's, it's bad. It's
0: so bad. You need, my, my thing with young NBA players and like we talked about Trey Young earlier, Mm -hmm. you need a couple of like really signature things. If you're going to make the jump, right? If you're going to be like an all NBA type guy, like Bradley Beal, incredible shooter. Like he always had that. He had some length. He's got a little bit of a mismatch, but ultimately the shot was the thing that he always had and even when he was young, and even when he came in the league, you would watch him, and you go, "There's that guy's like a taller Ray Allen, like I see it." Tatum, I felt like watching last year that he was going to be this, uh, you know, potential twenty-seven, twenty-eight a game scorer. And this year, you watch him. I don't. I don't see the array of shots. I, I don't. I don't, if he's not going to be able to get to the basket consistently, I don't know how he gets to 27 points. I, uh, how would you fix him? Maybe. i get him
1: away from Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the, the deal here. And, you know, when Kyrie had said that stuff about, you know, you can't just take long twos. He was, and, and you know, when he was saying you can't just dribble, 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 take a long two. He's obviously talking about Tatum. That was earlier in the season. Um, I was talking to somebody that said, "Hey, watch, watch how they use Tatum at the beginning of the game, and how Kyrie like gets him involved, and then later on, it's just, it's almost like he's doing it out of, like, hey, let me, let, let me let you pretend you're part of what we're doing, but then you're not really going to be. And if you're Kyrie, you're, you know, this is the part of where Kyrie, where I can understand his frustration, where you go, look, if we just spent ten minutes talking about Tatum's regression, then why is Kyrie supposed to hold his hand and fix it? You know, Kyrie's got enough things going on. I, I may not like Kyrie's approach, and I may not like all of his quotes, but like I could certainly understand his frustration. So, um, I don't know. I don't know how it's fixed. Do unless- you
0: feel like if if you're a if you're a scoring forward in the NBA in 2019, you, can you ever make an All NBA team or be that caliber of a player if you're not either making three to three and a half threes a game? Or you're getting in the free throw line eight to 10 times a game.
1: I don't, I I mean, that doesn't even seem like it's a player that
0: exists anymore, right? Well, it does. It's, it's the four forwards of the Celtics. (laughs) It's Marcus Morris. (laughs) Jalen's taking a couple more threes, but they, if you're the forward who's averaging like 14 and five, that, that's the easiest guy to replace in the league right now, you know? Right. Um, and we, we're thinking he's like going to be like. We a, talk about Herder. You joke about Herder, but I know what Herder is. Like, Herder's going to be in the league for 13 years, you know? He's going to have moments. He'll be on like a title team as like the Kyle Corver of some 2025 team.
1: You think he'll be the we're, first active Hall of Hammer? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just 10 years in, they go, you're a lot. But I think we're at the point with the NBA now, with the specialty thing. Where if you're not if you're not the highest possible level of something, then I don't know what to do with you totally.
1: But see, I thought his finishing at the rim, like the way he could get last out, year. Right. And I go, okay, there's there's his So thing. what happened to that? I don't know. And you know Remember last year when it was the only time I think I'd ever criticized Brad Stevens and I like was ready, I apologized for doing it ahead of the comments. Clear
0: out, give it to Tatum. And I
1: said, I'd like them to let Tatum force the issue. I'd like them to actually, you know, we we all hate iso ball and we get mad about I it. I wrote a whole time. piece on the ringer about it. Like, let him loose. Let's go. This yeah, is I would, this I would, a chance to
0: win. I would like them to have bad forced possessions with him. So do you think Kyrie, you think the Kyrie thing has made it impossible for the let it loose thing and now he's in this weird no man's land. Right. Because if you will go back and watch last year, he's like a different guy. So the, a lot of this has to be mental slash situation. It is. I That's what I think. And like, that's
1: where I kind of give Jalen credit. He was so bad the first half of the season. You're absolutely right. The tear that he's been on the last couple months. And it was kind of him just going, awesome. F this. Like yeah. That's really
0: what it felt like. I like, really respect how he's handled right. the last couple of months. Like, I'm going
1: to get my buckets in transition. I'm going to attack When I can attack. And, you know, that's just what I'm going to do. I'm not going to wait around for it anymore. The thing
0: is, like, you just never know with young players, which is why it's so dangerous to now so low on Tatum because, like, look at Russell. Look at Russell, how he's evolved from year one, year two, year three to now where he is, where he's going to be in the playoffs. People, he's on the radar of basketball people, but like, I think there's this whole other wave of casual fans that probably haven't watched a lot of Brooklyn. And they're gonna see this guy and be like, is that the guy in the Lakers? <laughs> that, the guy who just made the 28 foot pullback pull three to win a game on the road? Wasn't that the guy the Lakers traded? Like there's this whole audience now that hasn't even seen him yet.
1: I was on with Zach last week and I said to him, like, I feel like my test for you as an NBA guy is what you think of D'Angelo Russell. Because... You want to get on the Lakers for moving on from him too soon. Okay, that's fine. But he... Dude, even the beginning of this year, I was still going, this guy's never going to figure it out. Yeah. He's never going to figure it well, out. Because so, he's
0: another guy who didn't get a lot of free throws. But he has somehow figured out this perimeter, this long-range game Flutters that's These floaters he's throwing up, yeah. too,
1: are nuts. But, but he doesn't get to the line more than three, four times a game. He's actually a really good comp though for your trey young thing where it's like are you better off being a young guy who's just like go ahead we're not gonna be any good just go figure it out like is that what d'angelo russell did because he was always a guy that took shots he was always a guy that was out there and the usage stuff that i talked about in the past about him is has been absurd but now it's just sort of working and and they're competitive and it's not this empty stat night that you see from a lot of guys That are on bad teams. Can I get back though to something? Because this is this is something we were alluding to, and I I needed to
0: bring this up. Wait, hold on. Can we take a break? I'm going to give me a greeny tease.
1: China just bought your 401k. Details next. (laughs)
0: Let's talk about Zoom. Every day is a little bit better when you use Zoom. Zoom Video Communications, the web's best-reviewed video conference service, used by millions, including people at The Ringer, to meet one-on-one or hundreds at a time. With Zoom video conferencing, you connect face-to-face with anyone across town or around the world using flawless video, clear audio, and an instant sharing of files, videos, anything you want. Connect through any device, desktop, laptop, tablet, smartphone, conference room system, Zoom video conferencing, Zoom rooms, Zoom video webinars, Zoom phone. Put state-of-the-art tech at your fingertips. Let you do business at the speed of Zoom. And if you're not using Zoom video communications, the only question I have is this. Why not? I'll make it super easy for you. Visit Zoom online, set up a free account today, try the most affordable and most reliable video communication solution on the market. Meet happy with Zoom. All right. Your point was? Okay. I have,
1: I remember what it was like and I miss it sometimes. I remember what it was like to my, having my entire day, my entire year revolve around the Red Sox 705 pitch, you know? where i go okay yeah i handed a girlfriend a nesting schedule once we started dating and i was like the red ones are home The white ones are away and then there's some 1005s would mean we could go do dinner maybe before but yeah. this is where i'll be the next six months i didn't miss a game i think for like seven years like didn't miss a game if it was if i was outside i'd bring an earpiece radio thing golf fishing loser uh Celtics stuff, I never cared about anything else as much as I cared about the Red Sox including people but it just sort of went away, right? (laughs) And and the thing that sucks the most about it is it kind of went away right when they started winning Yeah. I mean, if I worked in insurance, I would be a much happier fan type now but you still have it for the Celtics and I think it I appreciate that, thank you
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) I guess I didn't really set
1: that up. As no, 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 I, I
0: do. Like um, I was watching the stupid Spurs game last night. Well, I, I know you, but I, and I was like, I know they're going to lose. I know Aldridge is going to have 40. I was wrong. He had like 48, 48. And I'm watching it going. I'm just waiting for glimmers of hope because I really do think they're going to lose to Indiana though.
1: Okay. So this is, this is perfect. This is perfect. This is why we're, we're flowing here. Um, You've said some stuff in the past where I was like, he's really still like locked into some of the stuff that maybe I think doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, and maybe sometimes I downplay that stuff too, you know, like, because I remember, I remember caring about the results all the time or hoping. And that's really what the Celtics season has been now. With eight games to go, you guys are still doing this, like, hoping for a sign. And Marcus Morris, last night, his quotes were insane. Like, oh, you know, we still know that we can kind of put this thing together. <laughs> You're like, what gives you any hope so that's why i was really surprised or maybe i shouldn't have been by the plane ride like the plane ride just fixed it right just fixed it and they blow an 18 point lead to charlotte Charlotte. yeah and then housed by a team they're still supposed to be better than in san antonio so there's there's nothing that's fixed here no it's it's
0: i actually think it's worse than ever um (laughs) that's after thinking it was fixed though no i thought the charlotte game was was Absolutely appalling. It was a complete collapse. And it was like the 10th time that's happened this year. And uh, the Stevens thing, I, I, I don't understand. So what's fair
1: about Stevens here? Because you remember during the playoffs last year, we were doing the stupid topic of like... I thought he was the next Popovich. Right. How many players would you draft before you take Stevens? Some guys are like, well, maybe five. <laughs> it seems, that's like the dumbest
0: segment ever now. Well, Kyrie had the thing about uh, criticizing how they didn't double Kemba, which was a really dick thing to say, and totally. you just shouldn't say that publicly. Yeah. He's fucking right. I was watching the game, going, Kemba's the only guy in this team the I'm scared guy. of. Why? Right. Are, what are we doing? He's just he's just casually pulling up from three in transition, and I was it uh so what's fair like seriously because it just looks like like stevens is a
1: good coach okay i'm not doing this i'm not doing this thing but there's a really good coach there's this anti and it's an anti-boston thing too it's like oh you idiots you guys you you know the next pop and all this stuff you're like okay that's fine but like i believe a guy can be a really good coach and have a bad year and this thing This is more about these players never fitting together or never really figuring it out. And it's just sort of like, I don't, to me, it's not, oh, they should have done this or, oh, they could have done this or Brad should try that. Brad's tried a bunch of different things here, but the hit that he's taking, it's, and I'm not saying this is necessarily fair, but like outside of the fan base, people want to wipe away like all of his accomplishments, even though they're all kind of um, accomplishments that are like close, but no cigar type of thing. That's such an old saying.
0: But the but the thing is though, the advanced metrics still say this is like one of the six best teams in the league. I, I, I look. And them that's up. a part I I look at the numbers and it's like offensive rating. They're like if you did six, a blind resume their fifth point differential. They're fat. It's like what is going on? And here's aliens the, are going to study this team and be like, what happened? Why did this team win ten less games than it should have? And here's the here's the other stupid thing. Like I spent ten
1: minutes on Saturday. It wasn't even ten minutes. Like We had another Milwaukee injury, and I'm going, you know what's going to happen here? Right. I was like, they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> the and Celtics. It, yeah, and they may not, and I may not have any idea how good they are or not. Because I, I know everybody loves doing this Pacers thing. There's not, they had the OKC win, which is like the right time to play playing OKC because they hadn't been able to figure it
0: out for this weird stretch. I just think they're the type of team that if if you have flaws and you're not a tight team that and you're sloppy, and you're ready to be taken down by somebody. Indiana is the type of team that will take down a team like that. They just play hard. They know who they are. They're well coached. And they're just a solid B. And they're going to be a B no matter what the situation is. They're going to be a B. And if you can't beat that B, you're going to lose.
1: The Celtics carry themselves like a team that will go. They're
0: like an A plus. Yeah. yeah
1: they'll be like, oh, whatever. The pace We've is, got it. Yeah, we're fine. So, I mean, that's that's the thing that's. You know, we're sitting here with what they have eight games to go Well, they, and, and they haven't figured out anything. And nah, like, I it, sit there and nice. go, so well, let me get, get this straight. Like I'm supposed to think anything differently of you guys. You've given me 74 games of evidence that none of this works. And I think that's just kind of what this year is going to be. There's
0: this stack called clutch usage rate. That's pretty cool. Love it. Um, I wonder what mine is. And it also has like, you know, EFG and true shooting, all that stuff. Kyrie, basically, if you look at these numbers, Kyrie is the second best clutch player in the league. If you're just looking at the advanced numbers, right? Harden, Harden's usage rate in clutch situations is 48.8%. I'm surprised not not 100. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it seems like that should be higher. 48?
1: Yeah. All right. Just to put that in perspective too, like if you're at 37, you would lead the league in just, you know, a full game
0: Donovan Mitchell is 44.6. Kyrie is 41.7 and Kemba's 41.6. Now you'd say like, well, Kemba's having a better year than Kyrie. He's like, not by any metric. His stats aren't better. His advanced stats aren't better. Kyrie, 56.4% with the EFG. 61% true shooting, which basically it's only him and Harden over 60 and Kawhi Leonard's at 60.1. Um, just to put that in perspective, Russell Westbrook, thirty three point nine. Right. And he had, had, for usage rate, he and had a thirty six point eight EFG.
1: He had a forty uh God, that field goal. Um the first triple well, my double point year. is, like,
0: Kyrie's actually having like a great year as a closer, but if you're watching the games, you're like, man, this team just blows games late. What's happening?
1: So last week, I did the All-NBA stuff with you where I didn't prep for it, and then I did it with Zach where I totally prepped for it. Thanks. So I apologize. That's great. And I went through it and was like, I don't think I'm going to have Kyrie on one of these All-NBA teams. And the first three spots, like you said, are locked up. It's, it's Harden, Curry, Sorry. Clay. Yeah, let's do the
0: checkpoint. Quick. Or excuse
1: me, not Clay, Lillard.
0: Yoka, Giannis, George, Harden, Curry. Right. Second team, Embiid, Griffin, Durant, Lillard, Westbrook, unless you want to put Kawhi for Griffin, which I guess it'll depend on how many games he ends up Yeah,
1: whenever you're doing this too, after going through the exercise, like whatever your rules are, you're going to contradict your rules. You're going to be like, games you're matter. you have to cheat on something. Yeah,
0: right. You, so 13 it's not towns, be... definitely. Absolutely. Probably LeBron, Kawhi or Griffin, whoever the leftover two are. Bradley Beal, I think, has made it. Yeah. And then it's Kyrie versus Kemba and Clay.
1: And I put Kemba. So I left Kyrie off. And then I look back at his numbers and I go, this is insane. Yeah. But his numbers all, are just better by every metric. They're, it's incredible how good he's been statistically. And yet I don't really feel like I'm wrong. I don't think I should just have to go, oh, no, his numbers are better than Kemba's. It's like I look at what Kemba did on, well, I mean, look, he's been doing it all season. Um, but to do
0: that by himself, I don't think it's absurd. I don't, I, I really don't. If I've, the Lakers go 32 and 50, And San Antonio goes 49 and 33. Would you be mad or horrified if I put Aldridge 13 all NBA over LeBron?
1: I just, I always worry about this stuff. Like I go, okay, this is how I feel about Kyrie. Am I doing this? Am I, am I rooting for this outcome? And I'd ask you that about LeBron. Like, are you trying to find a way to
0: keep him off? I feel like I'm really bending my rules that I've had forever about rewarding, losing guys with all NBA spots. Like there's some sort of tipping point where it's like, all right, your team won 32 games. I don't really want to commemorate this with a third team NBA.
1: Right. But then do you think, do I feel like there were 15 better players in this well, guy? So that's
0: the thing is the, is the Aldridge. <laughs> that
1: seems ridiculous.
0: But San Antonio, it's basically just, it's Aldridge, DeRozan, and just a bunch of role guys. They lose their point guard before the season. They're in a tougher conference. They certainly had a lot of the same reasons to crater that the Lakers did and they didn't, and he's been really good. And I'm he, so
1: impressed with them, man. I mean, they get smoked on the rodeo road trip, and then they come back and they beat a bunch of good teams. Yeah. Not just, oh, we're back home. We're going to go on a stretch here.
0: They're, I also I they're really so like the awesome. way Aldridge <laughs> just I, – I was kind of back and forth on him during the course of his career. I just like that he, he's one of those guys that just knows who he is. I like when the NBA veteran stars hit that point when they're like 31, 32, 33, where they're just like, this is what I'm good at. Oh, I'm going against this team. They're not going to be, I'm, I'm going to score 48 tonight. And then he just does it and it's just calm. There was nothing last last night with him where you felt like he's like, man, I'm feeling it tonight. He was just doing what he does. Celtics couldn't stop it. They didn't have the it players. It must be
1: awesome when you're like, no horror for tonight. Like, like, this like, kind of oh my sweet. God, I'm going to destroy these guys. You know, LaMarcus probably suffers from that, that playoff snapshot thing, you know? So it's like, if you're not really paying attention, you, you get lost, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge isn't somebody who's ever like, you know, thought of as a brand or any of that kind of stuff. The Portland thing was weird. He wasn't a bad teammate. He just was an isolated guy. They and certainly
0: then, seemed happy to see him go in a weird way.
1: There's a yeah, lot they, of well, like I,
0: stuff floating around after they left
1: pretty sure well i remember talking to different
0: people around it but like they wanted to keep him because he's a good player you don't want to when he left balance. they weren't like right. oh this is the most devastating moment of our lives no it, it was more like we'll be fine he's kind of he's kind of a prima
1: donna and they've recently talked about this too like he and lillard talked about it recently where it's yeah. like look we're cool we never it wasn't ever and that's what i was told it, was, it wasn't necessarily bad it was just like LaMarcus was going to do his own thing all right you know not everybody's the same but the point is that he was so bad in certain stretches true in the playoffs like remember when you yeah. have some of these absolute donut games, and when you do that and it's kind of the only time people are really paying attention to you, it can ding your rep way worse than the ratios are off, yeah, off. um, it's almost I like having they, a bad Monday night football game for quarterback
0: San Antonio, and I'm guilty of this too, like you just kind of feel like you know who they are and you don't need to. I watch some of these other teams when I'm watching at night, and I'm really trying to learn stuff. And San Antonio is one of the, it's like that restaurant you've been to a million times. I didn't, yeah, we're fine. I know what they do. I know what they serve. I know what the service is there. I don't need to go back. I know I know what they are. And I think, I wonder like if Aldridge is actually a little bit underrated this year because you watch that team and you go, man, these these are just random dudes for the most part with two stars, you know? Yeah, I think he's underrated now. I do. I think he's underrated now. Um, and I can't, I can't, I think believe. DeRozan's a little underrated too. I think his contract's absurd, but
1: yeah. When I brought him up because I was looking at, at some of the stuff, like for clay on third team, all NBA. And then I looked at DeRozan's numbers and I was like, man, you know, like, can I make an argument here? And then Zach just absolutely slammed the door in my face on his plus minuses. He's like, Nope. And, um, somebody actually on Twitter hit me up with this. So I don't know if it's a hundred percent. So do you care not, about the that, plus minuses? I think when you're a guy that everywhere you go and it seems to be like a minus when you're on the floor, that's, that makes me wonder sometimes. And I've, so, I've always kind of liked DeRozan, you know, I liked him at USC. So he's one of those guys where I was like, man, this guy's pretty good. Like, I think he should go higher in the draft and he's, and he's had a nice career, but the playoff games for him are terrible.
0: The plus minus to me is tied too much to who else is on your team for better or worse. Like. If let's say you did you're you're doing this podcast once a week through mid July, let's say I replaced you three times during the course of that with somebody who's just terrible at talking basketball. Does that should that change how I evaluate you as a partner because this other person wasn't good? So like what th- yeah, we no, did I this with point. Westbrook a couple of years ago it was like, wait a minute, when he's off the floor, that team collapses. Like yeah, because they don't have a backup point guard. <laughs> <laughs> who was that dude who ran the team two years ago? Remember that guy? He had a weird name. Not Cameron Payne. No, but they traded, but then there was the other guy. Uh, he was awful. He's not in the league anymore. I can't even remember his name. He was so bad, but it was like, yeah, when Westbrook's off the floor, they're minus 14. It's like, yeah, cause they don't have NBA talent. What do you expect? So like with San Antonio, the infrastructure of that team is so good. I'm not shocked that the plus minus, like, Rosen out there versus not being out there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I plus think, minus. You don't. Well, do you just dismiss it though? It sounds like you're I don't dismissing dismiss it. it I look at it. I think like it's one of the many things you should look at, but I think sometimes it could, it could be a little deceiving. You're not talking Dion Waiters, right? No. You would never forget him. No, it was. Abrinus? No. Go ahead. Samaj Kristen. Oh yeah. Remember that dude? Yeah. Let's look at Samaj's stats. Well, 190 from three point, three three forty five shooter, 34.5%. Um, I'm going to get his advanced. Fifty. He played 15 minutes a game. He has a five PER that year. He played 64 games, 15 minutes a game, five PER. I mean, so anyway, that's my point. I, I don't, I'm interested in plus minus. I think it says something if... You know somebody is minus thirty nine in a game, and that confirms what you're watching. Is like, man, when that guy was out there, the team was a train wreck. But- yeah, but
1: you're right. You're right about the teammate thing. Like, there's certain guys to be like, oh, look at so and so's plus minus, and you'll go, yeah, because he's always paired up with this other guy. Like that's always the Steph stuff. Where to me, it's real. It's that consistently when he's out there, like that's the best version of them. That and, and that's and a that's- really good
0: yeah because of all the different things that he's doing. That the spacing he creates and all that stuff. So, um, I have some stats to go through, really quick. Awesome! I can't wait. No, no, these are good. You're gonna no, care. no. I'm pumped.
1: This is genuine.
0: So Harden's now at thirty six point four points a game. Yeah, he won the MVP this weekend because that's the what sixty one really now. helped. Um, he scored twenty five two thousand five hundred forty five points. He's got eight games left. MJ had twenty eight sixty eight, so he's 333 away from that. Doable. That's like 40-42 yeah, yeah. a game. Kobe had twenty eight thirty two in 2006, so he's 287 away from that. I think he does that. Um, he's going to create the 700-350 club. <laughs> 700 made free throws, 350 made three-pointers. That's going to happen. He's going to make the second most three pointers that anyone's ever made, ever, except for one Curry season. 703.50. Are you voting for him for MVP? I got one more. Dude, do you realize they're three games out of the one seed right now? I got one more. He's taken 932 threes, already a record. He's 68 away, eight games left, doable, of taking 1,000 three pointers this season think about that a thousand a thousand a thousand imagine if you told somebody in the 80s a guy's ahead with chris ford's like taking one a game we're like whoa jesus like you know who's These got some three porters is, is wedman <laughs> so here's the case
1: but it's also really stupid though when people do some of the arguments about like oh you know bird never made this many things you just go guys yeah, like it's-, it's just it's not it's not the same game
0: i uh I want to wait to see how the last two weeks play out, but I'm going to give you the best case for Giannis other than the fact that they have the best record in the league by four games and he's the dominant two point two way player in the league this year. He's only playing 32.9 minutes a game and he's still putting up you know, 28, 13, and six. If you do his per 36, which in the playoffs, he'll be playing 36 minutes a game. He's basically 30, 14, and seven. <laughs> Harden's per 36 because he's playing more than 36. He's 35, 6, and 7. So five more points than Giannis. Giannis has seven and a half more rebounds, and the assists are about the same. And Giannis is a transformative defensive player on the other side. That's amazing that he's at only 33 minutes. They've done a really nice job of protecting him, of getting him out of there when they're doing blowouts, of just kind of pacing it. And when he gets to the playoffs, he's going to he's gonna average 31, 32, and 15 a game, which would be like Shaq in those three Shaq seasons in the playoffs. Yeah, because I, what I, it
1: used to be, you'd be always be like 38, 39. If you're one of the best players in the league, like that's kind of... I would only played at. like 44. And not sleep the night before.
0: Yeah, that's why his career was over. It was 31. <laughs> um, I, I still feel like if they're going to be four or five games better than everybody else... And uh, and he's having the season he's having. I don't understand why he's not the MVP. I, with all due respect and appreciation to everything Harden's done, the two-way player thing is—it's
1: very close. Is, is, is it's so close? It is so close. And I really don't think a
0: vote for either guy is the wrong vote. But but can we at least wait to see how the season ends sure. before? But because you're right, if Houston gets the one seed when they had hit rock bottom, it's three and a
1: half out. I just double checked.
0: Is that doable? I guess not really. <laughs> who knows? The fact about that golden it's state, even,
1: though? I know, mean, but seriously, the fact that it's even a potential thing here, but you're right. I mean, who knows about golden state? Um, That
0: golden state Dallas game.
1: <laughs> you, I thought something was wrong. Yeah. Like they showed
0: like, it. I had some game I was watching. Then Dallas is up 30. And I was like, that this is a misprint. Yeah. There's power. out. Of 70 Dallas, 76 golden state 41. It's like, come on. That's not really the score. Yeah. Imagine. And then I turned it
1: on to make sure it was real. And I went, Am I gonna watch this now? And I was like, I probably don't I probably don't need to watch this now. Uh so anyway, I, I think it's I think I'm leaning harden. But I don't I don't like that it's because he got sixty one points this weekend that some people are doing that. Like that's the stuff where I, I think we all look like idiots. Where, you know, there's like eighty games or so and you know, these guys playing most of them and just because he had 61. Like, like, did you have a Giannis vote Friday and then Harden gets 61 and it's like, oh, change my vote. Like that's,
0: that's where I think it becomes a little ridiculous. That was his best performance of all the performances though. Did you see the shots he was making the last three minutes? That was really out of control. Right, because as frustrated
1: as I can get with watching him sometimes, I'll also make myself go, okay, well, these are insane shots that he's making. Insane shots. And I saw him, I saw him live in Denver a couple of years ago. And it was funny because somebody was like, well, what'd you think live? And you go, it's really weird. Yeah. It's so weird watching him live because everything sort of stops and then he makes these shots and you just go, what the hell, you know, what are you supposed to do with
0: this? So they're 47 and 27. What were they? They were like three, four games under 500 at one point, right? Yeah. I Unlike two years ago where none of us were really happy with any of the choices and it became almost like a political... It, it was almost like a Trump carryover from 2016 where it was like everyone's just attacking everyone else's candidate. I think these are two great choices. These are... The, like whoever's number two this year, that is a worthy, awesome number two runner-up performance. Yeah, by, think
1: about the season. Like one of those guys is not going to win the MVP.
0: And this the, and this is an MVP... Both of those guys are having two of the better MVP seasons we've had this decade. So... I think it's a positive, not a negative. Let's take a break. Let's actually talk about Allbirds, dedicated to making stylish, comfortable footwear using premium natural materials designed for life's everyday adventures like the Allbirds, wool runners, comfy shoes made from wool. Kyle, why do you love your wool runners? They have great colors. I'm a, I'm a, like a slate gray, black type of guy. Oh, love them. There you go. They look good, designed simply, no unnecessary logos, come in a bunch of classic colors, limited edition shades, graphite, moonstone, marble. Wear them to work or to play, in the office, out of town. And better yet, Allbirds New Zealand merino wool requires 60% less energy to produce than typical synthetic materials used in shoes. Feel good about wearing them. ZQ certified, that means it's grown on sustainable farms where they treat the sheep well. Allbirds believes comfort, style, sustainability do not have to be mutually exclusive. Head to allbirds.com to get your own very, <laughs> I screw that up every time. It's incredible. To get your very own pair of soft and cozy will runners. Quick playoff matchups right now. Bucks, heat Raps pistons, Sixers, nets, pacers, celts. Nothing's changed in the West. Since we did this last week, it's, it's completely changed. Warriors, Spurs, Denver, jazz, Houston, OKC. The clips are the five seed right now, Portland clips and, and Portland. I I just would like the clips in that series. I, I, I actually think they could beat Portland and Doc Rivers. Now I think has a legitimate coach of the year case. As stupid as some of the San Antonio
1: stuff is, you go, these guys figured it out again. They have another Forbes. Um, I I can't believe what the Clippers are doing.
0: I can't believe The Tobias Harris trade bringing in new guys midseason and all those guys are immediately playing for them and they haven't lost a beat. And it's really impressive.
1: Right. And Danilo, like watching him again, you're like, oh, wait. Like, that's right. This guy was actually pretty good. Um, And I'm sure there's people that forget, you know, oh, the guy that was hurt all the time. So I can't imagine
0: them beating Portland. I just, I can't. Well, if McCollum's not healthy for that series though. It's very, it's like Seth Curry has been the leading scorer for Portland the last couple of weeks other than Lillard, the last, since McCollum went out. That, I just, to I me, that means think, they're beautiful.
1: Right. But to me, I still think Lillard finds a way to carry them through this. I guess I kind of
0: wanted to see the OKC matchup. Um, because- Westbrook's playing. Have you seen Westbrook stats the last, I'm going to say month he's he's the shooting percentages are up. Yeah. Yeah. I th- it actually might've been a slump for him. The per- but Schroeder went the other way and has been an apocalypse and Adams looks like he's banged up. And I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd mind playing them as much as I would have a while ago, by the way, the que- the mailbag question I got the most this week was how do you reconcile the fact that doc rivers has completely outcoached Brad Stevens this season? Got twelve different variations of that question. <laughs> that one
1: gets really personal for you. I know you're cool now, right? You and Doc are cool. Doc's done an awesome job, right? But I mean, there's there's history would, there where yeah,
0: we've you know up and down like everybody else. But he was a terrible GM, and now that he just coaches the team and has the right type of team, he's done a good job. I also think it really does seem like that was a circus trying to coach uh, the Blake, Chris Paul, DeAndre that the, that whole crew. And and then the people Doc put in to play with them, compared to the guys he have now, he just has these low key dudes who play hard. You know what I got? That's I the got, type of team he's great at
1: coaching. I got more intel on the the Blake and Paul thing. Yeah, yeah. Let's where, hear it.
0: Or you want to save it for Zach's pod? Oh. Oh. <laughs> nice. Hey man,
1: uh, <laughs> 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 I uh. I think Paul got sick of them, yeah, and wanted them to make a decision, and they made a decision, <laughs> and gave Blake the full contract, and then they made a decision a little bit later on. Uh because you know I, I'd always heard, but like, look, I don't, I don't know Blake's side of it. I don't know Chris's side of it as far as like, I've never talked. You know, I don't know him, but that it was Chris. It was a him to, or me. Yeah, Chris starting to doubt him. As a teammate. um But look, I mean, how many times have you heard that people don't love playing with Chris Paul, too? So uh I don't know. I don't, By the way, it wasn't like a conclusion type
0: thing, but it Chris was Chris Paul was pretty open publicly about guys, not everybody here is all about basketball. Like he had the classic passive aggressive quotes out there that all these guys do where they're trying to. The original Kyrie. <laughs> Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every other team in the league traps Kemba Walker. Not sure why we didn't do that. Yeah, thanks. Did you
1: see his stuff after San Antonio? He started swearing again. Kyrie did. Yeah, yeah.
0: I can't. I can't go back to Kyrie. I can't either. I, sorry. I have some questions for you, though. Okay, love it. This is from Marcus Gray, in New Jersey. Based on LeBron's track record as a talent evaluator, who will be a worse NBA owner, LeBron or MJ? I'm just set a pretty pretty low bar. <laughs>
1: Remember when people were going to go there in free agency because they liked Jordan growing up and had posters? Yeah, that d- yeah. didn't really go. We say dumb dumb shit sometimes. Yeah, um,
0: but he's the hold he has over the younger generation. Right.
1: Yeah, these guys worship him. They'll sign they'll sign mid level deals yeah. for him in a second. A lot of other teams are worried about it. Didn't
0: didn't really work out.
1: Yeah, I'm like hey, we
0: got. I guess my, Nick Batum. Here's my answer for this. I guess I don't, I don't know how much LeBron should be blamed for this Lakers roster because there was a great clip floating around last week of this interview Magic Johnson gave at Summer League right after they did all those signings where he like explained it like he was you know, Steve Jobs explaining how he came up with the iPhone, but it was about all these dudes he signed. He was like, I watched, I watched all these playoff series and people think it's about shooting. It's not about shooting. It's about toughness. And the teams that advanced were the toughest teams. Like Houston, the shooting, yeah, that's all great. And they missed these shots, and Boston missed these shots. And the team that advanced were the two mentally tough teams. So we wanted guys that were tough. Yeah,
1: with all the Hall of Famers, too, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Hall of Fame part helps. Um, but you watch it, and you're like, oh, so this wasn't an accident that you have Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo. And I don't know how Caldwell so that's Pope a bit fits of, into that. That's
1: a bit of a departure, then, from our earlier disagreements about – this Lakers roster
0: and I still feel like they're running by all those things by LeBron I feel like he signed off but the with the way Magic talked about this did make me feel like it was all his idea at least and then LeBron had to did you see the clip of Palenka saying we
1: look at like this is heaven from or bread from heaven yeah and I kept waiting like I hadn't seen that original thing so it's basically a presser it's on Palenka it was going around this weekend and you can't the way it's edited, you can't quite see who the player is. And then I was like, oh, is this LeBron? And it was Pope. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and it's this really like intense, like there's this philosophical approach to it. And like, he's detailing this quote and what it means. And he's like, and we see players like this is, is I think it's bred from heaven. And you turn and I'm like,
0: oh, yeah." what? So there's a chance that all three of those guys might not be there on like July 1st.
1: And I'm on. talking about
0: Luke Walton, Palenka, and Magic. I'm just throwing it out They're there. They're not going to do that to Magic. No way. No way. Now, maybe it's you, you strip him of responsibilities, but keep him. One of those deals. That would be too soon. Really? As bad as this year's been. Too soon? Yeah. <sighs> bad as this year's been. What They're about not both years? They're going to do that to Magic Johnson. What have they done? That's. The, have you talked to anybody about how the Clippers got Zubach? where the Lakers called them and were like, hey, you're interested in Zubach for Muscala? And the Clippers were like, sure. <laughs> and then the trade just happened. That's how the trade happened. It was like, if I called you and were like, hey, you interested in $50,000? I just have it sitting around in my house. I'll just give you the suitcase full of cash. You'd be like, okay. I think they're a mess. Anyway.
1: I just don't think, I think you're underestimating the magic Yeah, I mean, think I'm not saying dump
0: him. I'm saying strip him like he's more ceremonial than somebody who's like, you know, it's a great idea, toughness. (laughs) Um, Nathan wants to know, is Marcus Smart a real tough guy or a fake tough guy? Mm. Because we've seen, this is a big Jalen Rose topic about the hold (laughs) me back. uh, These NBA guys who seem like they want to fight, but they don't really want to fight. I actually think Marcus really wants to fight and he's ready to fight. And I think he's a real tough guy is my evaluation after watching. him.
1: Yeah. He can, he can flop too much for me, but that's all part of it. The Embiid play. I thought he flopped Like Embiid hit him, but I think Marcus also sold it. So yeah. it was the rare retaliation after a flop, which you don't see a lot. Um, and I'm not, look, I, I not I know that he got hit, but I think he was also, I'm going to go to the ground. Uh, I don't think he's a fake tough guy. Me I know, not,
0: not when you do all the stuff that he does out there. How many real tough guys are in the league right now? I've got more, both Morris brothers. Sometimes Markeith,
1: though, like those guys will push dudes around. Marquise, like that was one of my things when, when he was on the Wizards, is he would like push a guy early in the game and then late in the game. Like when they blew that series of the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't. Back when Brad Stevens could coach. Yeah. Back when Brad Stevens knew what he was doing. The the Wizards were my favorite for a while because they would lose to an inferior team. And they'd be like, well, we still know we're better. It kind of sounds like the Celtics right now. The Cavs. Be like, well, they were scared of us. They didn't want to play us. Yeah, that's right. Isaiah Thomas tortured you guys. Aaron
0: Tom and... Oh, Steven Adams. Oh, yeah, definitely. Did you see that clip? Steven Adams is just like keep punching me in the face. I love it. Right. More. (laughs) I'll punch you back eventually, but just give me three more. (laughs) I I love the show Billions. Um, (laughs) (laughs) David West was like a real tough guy that nobody messed with. Yeah, David West is a good one. He's gone now.
1: Was Kevin Willis a tough guy or was he just the first guy that was jacked? Remember Kevin Willis? Kevin Willis had arms when other dudes, no one had arms in the NBA. He also
0: had that one year right around the time baseball guys were getting bigger where Kevin Willis had like 17 rebounds a game and was like just (laughs) looked like he looked like the rock in Fast Five. Uh, another one, Aaron Solomon wants to know, Ben Simmons has scored how many times over 30 points in a game in his NBA career? That's his first question. What's your answer? One. Twice. What is Ben Simmons's career high? Uh 38. 32 32 he then follows that up parentheses in the greenie tease voice is ben simmons overrated we'll find out next but first a word from a
1: oh we could edit that out sorry A word from what well I, if they're not a sponsor i don't know if you want to do a lawnmower shout out
0: no but let's do a shout out for these guys last break to talk about roman Did you know that more than half of guys will experience erectile dysfunction at some point in their life? Most of them don't talk to their doctor about it. That's why Roman has made it easy to get checked out. It's a one-stop shop to treat ED from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Handle everything online from diagnosis to prescription to shipping. Getting started quick, easy. Go to getroman.com slash bill. Complete a brief online visit once your doctor ensures that treatment will be safe and effective for you. They prescribe FDA-approved medication to be delivered in discreet packaging near your door, free two-day shipping. Hey, talk to a doctor. ED can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to take care of today. Roman is giving my listeners a free online visit and free two-day shipping. get slash bill for a free visit to get started. That is GetRoman.com slash bill. It is interesting, though, that I there haven't been that many players in NBA history who had the chance to be like a top six or seven guy but really couldn't put up more than 20 to 22 points in a game. And if they got super hot in a game, it might get to 30. Jason Kidd was like that for a long time. Usually well, it's point guards. It's not – although I guess Ben Simmons technically is a point guard. Yeah, I know, right.
1: But Point four see, like, or whatever he is. When somebody says the Jason Kidd comp was Simmons, because of the shooting arc, right? I go, you know, that's still not good. So what am I supposed to do? Watch 10 years of this? I'm supposed right. to watch 10 years of him not being able to hit shots, and then he's going to be Jason Kidd from the outside? I don't see the comp with that at all. It doesn't make any way- sense to me. And, and somehow that's a win. We're like, oh, it took Jason Kidd a long time. Well, that's the whole point. That's why we're freaked out. And yeah. that's why it's the oddity that you point out, Alpha. Last year, you're going, the Sixers are going to have two top 10 players, and they're going to be right there this next run, is going to go through Philadelphia, and it felt real. And then the problem with those expectations are that when you look like the exact same guy or some people are figuring you out a little bit, and I think in a series, Simmons becomes a different player because of how you can defend him. And it's the same, you know, it's the same opponent, five, six, seven games, and you're going, hey, remember this, like, you get better at following your own rules. And so I think that hurts the Sixers. I think that hurts Ben Simmons. And in year two, to not see any semblance of anything that looks like progress, that's why he's this weird, could have been a top 10, but probably isn't a top 20 guy right now, despite the flashes at times where I'm like, this guy's sick. Like watching him do some of the stuff that he was doing, I like granted he, Giannis gave it right back to him, but
0: like how many other guys can physically match Giannis in this league? That's the thing. There, he's there, there a, he's an A-plus athlete. Right. If you remove the shooting thing, he's, there's this exclusive club of athletes who are also really good in the NBA right now, and he's on that short list. So I don't That play he made against Boston, I thought was the most interesting play I've seen him make in his career in crunch time in the last minute, when he took it to the basket and drew the contact and made that. That was like a that was a big time scoring play. I hadn't really seen him do anything like that in that kind of situation.
1: That was after Kyrie pointed to Tatum to say stay up here with Butler. And then Kyrie stayed up too. So Tatum let a guy go. Harris, I think, go free. Free to the hoop yeah. by himself. Sorry, I did it again. Uh I, I but here's like I don't like the Simmons thing, I'm worried for him. You know, it's it bums me out thinking that he's gonna be this staggeringly incomplete player. Cause that's what it feels like. Like there was nothing. I if he had hit 27% from three, I'd go, okay, maybe, maybe we have something here, even though you wouldn't want a guy taking a lot of shots if that's what he's doing. But I I've always found it kind of funny when when guys go, oh, well, you know, shooting develops later. You can work with a shooting coach and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, but when there's nothing, when there's no foundation whatsoever and the free throw still looks stupid too.
0: I think it's weird when somebody is that good of an athlete and that coordinated and can't shoot. Like for, for more than, you know, 10 feet. It's just strange to me because... You should be able to figure that out. It should take one summer and you could at least become decent. So to me, it's it's got to be like more of a mental block than anything. I don't know. Uh, I have some more questions for you. Some good ones this week. Eric Schwartz said... Oh, Eric. He's a good emailer. If someone told me Zion dunked from the three-point line or injured his shoulder on the rim trying to block a shot, but I didn't see it, my default position would be to believe it and then to check if it was real. Um, he did injure himself because shoes Nike makes were mortal human beings couldn't contain his foot. Does that put Zion into the Tyson zone, or does the Tyson zone not apply to feats of athleticism? My thought is this is its own zone it's like a spin-off <laughs> zone, the Zion zone where if <laughs> What's somebody, the Tyson zone again The Tyson zone is when somebody is acting so crazy and so radically that at some at some point you'd believe any story about them. So when Tyson got truly crazy, it was like, Jr. Mike Tyson got a tattoo in his face. You'd be like, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. But he actually did. But then it's like Jira Mike Tyson went into a shark tank and killed a shark with his bare hands. You'd be like, Yeah, I'd believe that. That was the Tyson zone. I think the Zion zone is an interesting idea. I, I think I would believe just about anything that would happen with him on a basketball court. You could talk me into it.
1: So but when this season got going, right, and Zion was the number one pick, there were teams that were like, we wonder by the end of the year if it'll be RJ Barrett, right? And the right guys, the right teams were all in the John Morant thing. So this isn't new. You yeah. know what I mean? Like none of this is new to the people that are doing it. And I know I'm not. that's not some great revelation here. But what has happened and how this has closed? Like I was even willing to listen to the RJ debate because you go, you know, shooting – yeah, the way he can handle it can be a thirty point score, right? He's gonna have more space in the NBA, which is a problem because his Duke team can't shoot. So a lot of times he's kind of like forcing the issue a little bit. The way this Duke season closed, on coming back and seeing him in the moment, like there's no debate, and yeah. th- there's his. I absolutely love this kid's personality, Me too. and that he answered the way he answered against North Carolina. You know, to close out the the ACC title game, to be like, all right, I got it, I got it. Like don't none of you like Cam Reddish. I forget is even out there at times, and he may go top five. So that part of the Zion debate—if you want to worry about how big is he going to get—because I think that's a real concern. You know, you don't want him to get any thicker or any of that stuff. Um,
0: I would say he enjoys competition. He's awesome that way. Yeah, he enjoys competition and winning more than just about any young player I've ever seen. Like he really all he wants to do is win. It's like the, yesterday when they won that game, no it was what. like, it was like a spiritual experience for him. So oh, we made it like, I just, I love the way I love everything about him. Yeah. Like to, to not just be the physical specimen, right. That but to care the get, most. Yeah. To, to He go cares the most on that
1: team. And respond in those moments too. Yeah. Where I'm like, Hey, I got this. Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like, he, he's he gone now from somebody where I was like, you know, how well can he, sh-? all right. You know, I don't love a shot. Um, handles better than, you know, I, I
0: thought at the beginning of the year. He tries really hard on defense, even though he doesn't totally know what he's doing yet. But even if he gets beat, he'll try to, like, block it from behind and save the play. Like, he won't quit on anything.
1: Yeah, if he doesn't pan out to the level that we all want him to, I, and I still think, like, there's a real conversation you could have. You're like, well, what if he became, I don't know if we did this before or not, but I was like, what if he became Blake Griffin? And then everybody, if I said that right now, everyone listening to me would be like, oh my God, it'd be a huge disappointment. You're like, would it be? Yeah. Because yeah, it, it, it's, not, it's not really fair. Like Blake Griffin's, you know, when he's healthy, Blake he's was been a, a
0: third MVP. Right? Yeah. I think people are now thinking about him in a. The, As LeBron, like the that's, LeBron kind of prospect. That's what they want. But to, it's, it's not going to be mentality. It's not
1: going to be attitude. Like I'd have, if he doesn't meet the expectations that we have, and maybe you're too lofty for him. I don't think it's going to be any of the things that we can't usually like we usually can't figure out. You know, the guy comes in the league, like, what happened with that guy? I'd be like, oh, he hated basketball or oh, you know, this or whatever. Like if he, no, if he it's doesn't an injury pan out, injury right, and that's it. That's it's it. it's him right. jumping
0: 58 inches and then landing on somebody's foot and something bad happening, knock on oh, but that's <laughs> it. Jonathan Jarks wrote a great piece today about how that, that game yesterday kind of summed up what type of team you should build around Zion because they don't have the three-point shooting this year. And they had this giant rim protector who was like the Zion kryptonite, basically. And what Duke really needed was to have the two extra guys on the floor who could space the floor and create some space for him. They didn't have it. So he was saying, like much like what Milwaukee figured out with Giannis, like the type of team to put around Giannis so he can succeed, that's what whoever drafts Zion, and hopefully it's a team that knows what the F it's doing. That's the type of team they're going to have to put around him. Now, he'd succeed in any situation, but if you want to reach the ultimate Zion destiny, you do have to put some thought into who's playing with him. And also, where, what position he's going to be. Um, I think yeah, I know, right. I mean, what did I think you... he's a four, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if somebody played him as a five.
1: Yeah, I mean, as, as you said that, I started thinking, like, wait a minute, could he actually do that? I don't think Francesa likes him, though. He had a clip going around francesa yeah
0: i'll, I'll work on Francesca.
1: yeah talk to him about zion because this was he a great email like from A. Hey, from hold on before we're done with zion yeah, yeah. do we are we never going to do the zion topic that you wanted to do last week that we didn't do and we were going to save it for this week because i think you may enter the simmons zone on this one like you might be so crazy on the zion question that it might you, be worth
0: you really want to do this at the 90 minute mark of the podcast from a producing
1: we, standpoint, that's not great producing. Let's lead, let's do yeah. it next week. It's not my pod, so you know.
0: Let's do it, let's do it next week. Abe from Orlando weighed in. <laughs> it's good favor from Abe. <laughs> He's he has a supermax contract question. This is ties into something that I thought the NFL should do. Um, he said, let's say a player signs a supermax contract worth 40 million a year. What if the cap hit was only something like twenty five million? this way teams could build around supermax players team would be happier the player receiving the contract would be happier so there would be some sort of advantage for longevity with the same team that would allow for the team to build a little more smartly around the player i always thought the nfl should do this like after 5 seasons 5 straight seasons of the team every year that guy count you'd get a million off whatever that guy's cap figure is and it would allow like you know, the Ravens to keep Ray Lewis for one more year and the Patriots keep Tom Brady for three more years or whatever. Um, I'm not against some version of this idea that a team is rewarded for keeping its best player for a long period of time. And then that player is also rewarded because his team has a little cap advantage. I don't know if it should be 15 million, but maybe it's like, if you're with a team 10 years, it's 5 million off the cap or I don't know. What do you think of this?
1: I'm all for trying to figure out a way to and it's not me being anti player movement, but having fans feel better about the relationship with their star because, you know, as much as people want to knock David Stern, you know, for he was he just, you know, I didn't I didn't like that. he, He seemed to make the players the enemy at times, but he made a great point like he used to always do this thing where he'd be like, who did Dave Winfield play for? you know, and you could say a bunch of different teams and you would be right. And maybe it seems old and archaic to go, oh, you know, I, I just want my guy. But I know what it's like to care. I, I mean, even though the beginning of this podcast, talking about emotionally how invested I was in all this stuff, like I just think about all these people that still are the customer that kind of get screwed over all the
0: time. And- Well, we felt that with Pierce, right, in Boston. He stayed long enough in Boston that we really did feel like- He was part of our life for a prolonged period of time. And it's cool. And we watched him grow up and become a man and the whole thing. And that's now we're in this new era. And I read another article about over the weekend where it's like the players are in charge now. It's like nobody's against the players being in charge, but is can we find a middle ground? Like can is it okay for somebody to stay in the same place for 15 years and like what Curry's gonna do with Golden State, right? I still feel like that's the most meaningful connection a player could have. Other people would say, no, the most meaningful connection is that they're in control of their own destiny. All right, fine. But I still feel like what Curry has with that fan base is just going to matter more. What Kobe had with the Laker fan base is going to matter more than really any connection. Like somebody like LeBron, he's just never going to have that same connection. Yeah, Cleveland's the closest, but like he left Cleveland twice. So I don't know. Yeah, imagine.
1: And here's the thing like, as long as you're not putting something in where it's not the franchise tag, which has, you know, really been crucial for the NFL, keeping certain salaries down, because if no one's ever getting the free agency, you can't reset the market. And, True. you know, look, if Andrew Luck were a free agent tomorrow, you don't think he'd get like 100 million, million. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think 100 million guaranteed, easy, easy. 200
0: million, 110 million guaranteed, something like that. So
1: I. As long as it's not prohibitive to the player, right?
0: Well, like, so let's look at Kemba and Charlotte, right? So Kemba, if he makes third-team nba he gets like, he, they potentially offer him, yeah, 220. That's a disaster if you're Charlotte. You're you're locking down somebody that you can't even make the playoffs with as 35% of your cap. But you also want to lock him down because he's a really popular guy in Charlotte. They love him. He's a, he's a great guy to have on your team. So maybe he should be worth 38, but it only counts for, I don't know, 28. Maybe Curry making 42 a year should only be worth like 30. There, there, there is some sort of way to figure this out that I feel like would be fair. And then-
1: yeah, for somebody like, like
0: Davis, the, you know, maybe that's a reason New Orleans could try to keep him, or else we just move to the system. Let's not even have contracts anymore. <laughs> just go free market every year, and Zion comes into the league, and and it's soccer, and you're just bidding on dudes, and you have transfers, because that's the other option.
1: I I kind of would like to know. I, I mean, imagine trying to project out what would actually happen. Like if you just went, "Hey, no draft, free market." How much would Zion get?
0: We like, talked about this last time. I mean, he would get the max. He'd get the max right away. Right. Yeah. I mean John that's Morant would too, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And 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 somebody would talk themselves into RJ Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> and Kim Reddish should make a hundred billion for four years. And and the team would immediately be dissatisfied. Okay, but then you'd have to figure out, like, okay, if that's where all that money's
1: going, then how would that change? Like if if you weren't suppressing those salaries, you'd have to figure out like where are the the other salaries getting suppressed. You know, like the NFL did this thing where it's like, hey, vets, why don't you vote on limiting rookie contracts? It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Why would these guys make any money if they've never proven it on the field and all this yeah. stuff? And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, play, people are really good at voting for stuff that affects ne- other people than themselves.
0: So well, the NFL I, was the worst case scenario because. Well, that now that the league's to, younger, too. because that, of- that led to teams being like, Could, should we keep this guy we've had for 10 years? No, let's go with the undrafted rookie who makes half as much.
1: Exactly. Right. So that's been the thing where it's like, oh, these vets, yeah, we voted to get this piece of the pie. And it's like, actually, now we're just signing more of those guys than you. I I don't I'd have to know, like, where
0: who would they be taking from? Like would that lower Supermax deals Would that, um, it wouldn't be taking from anything. It would just be like if you have the Supermax, it's capped at a 30 million dollar cap figure or something. So whatever it actually no, I'm is. Down it's with that. it's yeah. worth no, whatever. No, I, I understand I that, think that part. Makes of it. Sense.
1: I understand that part. I'm just saying if you did the rookie thing on top of all that, like where what if there was no cap? What if it was just total? Do you think somebody'd end up having like a two hundred million million salary? The owners
0: don't trust each other. We've we've gone through this too many times. Rich rich guys don't trust each other not to make mistakes. It's it becomes the charity auction at your at your kids' school where the parents have been drinking and suddenly somebody's bidding for some crazy. You know the parking space in the in the school is going for ten grand. Every people just lose their minds. So, Ryan Thompson said, "You mentioned an old article about from past major sporting news cycles and reading them. Um, we have the rewatchables and recapables. What about the rereadables?" <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read something I wrote in 2008. You have to guess who the player is. You wrote this. I wrote this. Okay. His numbers are Larry down. Bird. In, his numbers are down in five relevant categories. He's putting up his worst numbers in eight seasons and we can safely say there's been residual damage from blank. He's just not the same guy anymore. He's not. Here's the weird thing other than Nick Anderson, I can't remember another good player floundering in his prime purely because of emotional baggage from a couple of tough losses. Well what the hell happened to blank? What happened to his edge? Why hasn't he taken the demise of his him a little more personally? He's like cold trickle at the 63-minute mark of Days of Thunder right now. Who did I write that about? 2008. 2008, 2008. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki. It's Dirk? Yeah. Three years later, he won the title. There was a real...
1: Um, <laughs> that year i actually i remember i had tariko on and i go you it know what it like was unraveling yeah i go you know what i'm sick of i was like i'm sick of like everybody going look out for dallas yeah fuck and these guys yeah there was i had like an, an epiphany on the air and like, tariko even agreed with me he was kind of like yeah no that's a really good point like we waited on him we waited on him and like what's it's the over. point let's move and then, on yeah and then they won a title
0: uh before we get One to of the gym, worst calls ever Jim corner america's favorite segment so some more podcast names. We're deciding <laughs> this and we're doing a Twitter poll. Prick and roll.
1: Wait a minute. Which one am I?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Irrational confidence. The white shadows. Tommy points. Pod sham pod. I remember a road trip to the tri cities once. <laughs> <laughs> Slap the floor. Cause we're two white guys slapping the floor below the rim. Below the rim's good. I think that but exists. That's, yeah, Stephen
1: uh, Steve Smith. That's his below the rim segment on NBA TV. Uh, Can't take that.
0: Podcaster's that. only. Kind of en- like members only. NBA holes. Didn't you already do that, Sal? You always calls me an NBA hole, and I actually think that is a good name for this podcast. And then someone suge- oh. suggested it's funnier in print. The Rus- <laughs> the Rosillo Simmons NBA Def Jam podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the russell simmons yeah i kind of like that so we caught the nba def jam can we get sued or you'd get sued right nba def jam why would we get sued it's just the name of the title yeah but def jam records welcome to the Rosillo simmons nba def jam podcast <laughs> i don't know
1: def comedy jam too like we could would be- we get
0: spelled differently
1: i think they're just d-e-f
0: oh and there's one more right
1: so there you go. There's our this op- one was
0: really clever. <laughs> the departed, D O P O D D E D. That's good. The departed. So there we go. Uh, don't send us any more nick- any more names. You're for the not show. a cop.
1: <laughs> Micro processes. Oh, it's working overtime. That's one of the great. Just doing
0: Damon quotes.
1: Yeah, you know that was just to be like. Because whenever that, it really hits home when Alec Baldwin's like, oh, it's good. Good to see that you're married. I mean, somebody can stand you. Your prick's working. It's working overtime. (laughs) Uh, Damon is so good at being awful in that movie. You know what I mean? Like, he's every guy that you didn't like. And you're like, oh, he nailed it. Which is great because everybody really likes him. It's a great one.
0: I'm gonna post. We're gonna do four choices. and We're gonna post on Twitter, and people are. Are gonna you vote.
1: serious? I thought our thing was we were gonna pretend we're no, gonna I do this. No, ta-
0: I, I can't take. You can't take it anymore. I'd rather get emails about the NBA versus bad suggestions for our for our podcast. People love trying to name it, though, man. Kyle gets it. Uh, so Kyle got an email actually. There's a Kyle related email. We have parent corner and Jim corner. What about Kyle corner? Kyle rambles on his late night shenanigans. His on and off again girlfriend that. and his favorite vape flavors. That's from James <laughs> Cooney. I'm not ready for that. He's not ready for that. <laughs> ready for he that. hasn't asked for his own podcast. Well, he, he, we'd have not to start a, he, with Kyle Corner. We'll I be know. on Kyle Corner this week, Kyle.
1: Trying to find a new apartment. That's fun.
0: Got a what, got a what, whole thing going on. What happened? I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's Kyle, Kyle Corner. <laughs> that might be the most exciting part of the podcast. Uh, all right, Jim Corner, and then we got to go. Um, thought I tore a pec. Oh, that's like a triple H injury. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then guys were like, if you really
1: tore your pec, you would know. So we had to strain, had to kind of shut down some of the chest exercises for about two weeks. Do the legs. Oh, uh, I've been heavy legs the yeah. last, okay. last few months. It's why my knees hurt all the time. So it's great. My quads look terrific, but my <laughs> knees, my knees don't work anymore. Um, but <laughs> I'd want to report that I did 225, uh, for a bunch of reps the other day. And I feel like I'm back. I feel like my chest is back. And I asked a guy for a spot too. And it was also the best because it was the douchiest possible way I could have done it. I was like, Hey man, I was like, is there any way you can spot me here? And he was like, yeah, man, you know, what are you going for? And I was like, it's not the weight. I was like, I got 225. Like, a, but nice. I, I'm I'm dealing with a slight injury here, and I'm 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 giving it a go today to see. So you felt
0: a little self conscious about the 225. You didn't want to be judged.
1: Well, a lot of times when guys, if they don't get a good bench, they'll be like, I'm a little dinged up. You know, <laughs> dealing with something. But I actually was like, I was freaked. I yeah. did a heavy dumbbell. I was in Chicago. I didn't warm up properly. I just wasn't in the right mindset, and I just was going. You know, it was very odd for me to be that non-prepped. You know how it is. And I've felt something kind of like wiggle. And then I went and kind of like did some push-ups, and I was like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. So I've been freaked out about it for, for a couple of weeks now. So I was like, all right, look, I'm going to go in, do a nice, great warm up, test it. If it feels right, let's let's go. And, you know, we don't have to go crazy, crazy here, but we'll throw on 225 and we'll just see how it feels. But he's thinking like, well, if this guy needs a spot for 225, then maybe like, so the guy's like, do you want to lift off or how many? I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I'm going to know right away whether or not we're good. Yeah. And then, you know, ripped out a bunch. And it was fine? Yeah, totally fine. Felt great. Did you feel like the guy side-eyed you like a tiny bit? Yeah, because then he's thinking, why would this guy ask for a spot if he just did like 10 reps of this? No problem. Like,
0: what was that? Did you strike up a friendship with him? No. Be like, hey, man, you want to go back to the locker room? Look at some 75-year-old naked guys with me. <laughs> Peanut butter shakes. <laughs>
1: Hey, what'd say you and I get a smoothie and watch some squawk box <laughs> with nude old men?
0: Got some got some emails about Jim Corner, including uh somebody who claimed that an old guy bent over and he just got oh. like seventy eight year old anus like three feet from his face and has just never recovered.
1: I'm telling you, there's a meeting. They have a they have a thing. Old guys have a meeting. Yeah, and they go let's make it the worst experience ever. And like you're in, it's a pact. They're all in on it. It's It's, like, we hate
0: our bodies. uh, Now our goal is to make everyone else hate themselves. Cause I look at old men looking
1: at me and I know I'm going to be looking at the version of me in 30 years and hate that guy too. No doubt. But then every now and then I'll just see some old bastard. That's like still just going for it. Usually I imagine he's on something.
0: If you tore a peck, (laughs) if you tore a peck, how would you work out? What would happen? <laughs> a lot of legs and cardio. Just legs? Yeah. Like, like exercise bike, like Steph Curry?
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, I get a pen. Oh, I worry about a your psyche. Don't,
0: don't get hurt before the playoffs. We need you for the playoffs for the pod. We need you for the Def Jam NBA podcast.
1: I need to go somewhere for like four days though. I'm thinking about like bouncing for four days to get my mind right, right before the playoffs. Yeah. So I don't know. I know there's, I, I see a lot of people go to Tulum on Instagram I've noticed that Tulum. have you done any Mexico what about a road trip TJ. to Baja oh, oh a,
0: I've never done the road trip is that the dumbest idea I've ever had driving to Mexico by myself I, it could be one of those things you just never seen again like where's Ryan He's, like I thought they had him for
1: the playoffs like he was he drove, supposed to be in Mexico two hours ago some about a torn his
0: car's gone <laughs> there's no sign of a his GPS has been deactivated
1: so I just shouldn't roll around in a, in a in a nice Range Rover in Mexico by myself. Have
0: you been to Hawaii yet?
1: Yeah, I love it. I should just do that. Do
0: Hawaii? That'd be it's like, that's be like easy a top to ten reason to live in LA. It's a five hour Hawaii flight. The Maui thing is stay good. at the Jason Siegel, forgetting Sarah Marshall hotel. Just wander around looking for whoever the Mila Kunis of that hotel is. That, that could, could be, the be move. something. Yeah.
1: What if I show up and my ex is there with a fiance?
0: That'd be awkward. I wouldn't handle it as well as Jason Siegel did. <laughs> you wouldn't want the room next to them. <laughs> uh, dual threat this week or no? Do I have to do one this week? No, you're not doing one, right?
1: Uh, I'm, a- no. I'm asking.
0: I don't. I don't know what the schedule is. I don't. Okay. I think we just looked at each other. So I guess we'll we'll talk after. This. So no dual threat, <laughs> but the Ryan Rosillo podcast,
1: Ryan Rosillo pod, um, the new segment we're unveiling, Uncertified Life Coach. Oh, we got a guy that he's 29 taping 10 minutes with him tomorrow he wants to try to get his life on track he doesn't seem like he seems like he has a few things going for him though so we got something to work with good the thing is though is i told my friend about the idea and he's so into it that he stalked this kid's entire life and like started sending me emails of like okay this is where he's worked and this is his whole deal this is going to be really awkward for this kid great uh, so I know that was a hard sell there.
0: So next week we, we can officially do our LNBA or we could wait two more weeks. Yeah. Is I'll do a better job. I,
1: yeah. Eight games, eight or so depending. But I, uh, I let you down. I let you down last week. And then when I did it with Zach, I go, this is how, this is how I should have done it. I gotta so.
0: say, there's not a lot of controversy with the LNBA this year. And the MVP is like, it's two awesome choices and we shouldn't get all pissy about it. Do you want to come to the gym with me? No. sounds awful. (laughs) Uh, See you next week. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks to Ryan. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to SoFi. Did you know you're being underpaid by your bank account? It's true. It might be true. That's why SoFi just launched SoFi Money. It's like checking and savings morphed into one single account. You'll earn way more interest on your money and you'll pay zero fees. Open a SoFi money account. Learn how you can get your money right at sofi.com slash Simmons, S O F I dot com slash Simmons. Also, thanks to Allbirds. They make stylish, comfortable footwear designed for life's everyday adventures. The Allbirds Wool Runners, they're made from wool. They look great, super simple design, perfect for in the office, out in the town, or at the dark room with Kyle. Head to Allbirds.com to get your very own pair of soft and cozy. Is back with two more podcasts this week. Don't forget about the rewatchables as well. Pretty Woman, uh, one of the 38 best uh, call girl movies of all time. Top seven, top eight, I don't know. Uh, check all that out. Thank you.